Hello and welcome back to the Comic Books Matter podcast. I'm your host, Jesse, and with me today is a very exciting guest. He's the owner of the Comics Conspiracy store in Sunnyvale, California. He's the host of the Comics Conspiracy podcast, which might be one of the most in-depth podcasts about the retailer side of comics I've ever listened to. He also has the number one Twin Peaks fan Twitter account, and he <laughs> might be the lost son of Robert Smith. It's Ryan Higgins. Hello. Ryan, how are, be on. how are you tonight? Uh, good, good. A little wet. It's raining yeah. in california which is all, always nice but uh all of a sudden california's like here's all the rain you've been missing yeah 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 it, do, it does that too often because like there's too long without rain then all of a sudden it pours for a solid day and a half and you can't go anywhere because the streets are flooded yeah i i forget i forget when i'm like oh yeah i forgot rain exists Oops. yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, when i went to work this morning it was like bright and like 65 and, and me and my friend are like what's winter does winter exist in yeah. where we live and then we left work all of a sudden like we're just getting like just drowned in our, in our hoodies I, and stuff and we're like oh that's I, that's what it is i was literally helping a neighbor with something and i hear this noise and i'm like is there a washing machine on like wh- what is happening and i'm like oh there's rain outside <laughs> oh when did that start <laughs> yeah it kind of surprised me today i wasn't expecting it yeah, it, it it's just I wish I understood why California does this. I mean, I know there's other factors, but it's always seemed like the California it's no rain, just destroy everything rain and yeah, rain yeah, and yeah. destroy everything rain again and then it's spring. Yeah, we're just not built for it. Yeah. It especially up like we're like you're down um down in like the valley area and I'm Yeah, more, down in South Bay, yeah, San Jose, yeah, yeah. And I'm more all north, so it's like we get hit kind of the worst of it and everybody else is like, We're just hot the whole week the whole year yeah yeah uh so ryan i uh, just want to start off like where did you get into comics you're like you're a big comic shop owner not uh to say like the comic shop's huge but everybody that i know knows you in a lot of ways oh um, oh boy when i shared with <laughs> some scary. of my friends that i was interviewing you they're like how'd you get ryan oh geez and oh so, man like, a lot of people know you just in the world of comics because you're so vocal about the retailer side and you're always yelling at uh, websites because they get things <laughs> all the time. Um, it's been really interesting because I've been listening to the past podcast to catch up because I always try to go back and listen to everything when it's something I'm re- I really love. So I'm like at episode like 250, I think, in the past. Um, and like every article is bleeding cool. I'm like, I know there's a turning point. <laughs> I know there's a turning point for bleeding cool because the end of it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not really bleeding cool. I mean, I, I, you know, I won't, we'll get too far ahead of ourselves here, but it's definitely a bit of a love hate relationship. You know, I yeah. feel like, I feel like the, uh, there's not a lot of real journalism for comic books. So they've figured out we just need to be like horrible clickbait instead of, you yeah. know, rumors are one thing, but clickbait's another thing. So yeah. I feel like there's been a bit of a transition in the last couple of years that's been. A little frustrating so and, and i think it becomes one of the most frustrating things about the comic book community as a whole is the clickbait does more damage in a lot of ways than this industry yeah than most others like when they say like spider-man 3 is gonna have toby Maguire or something in it that doesn't really matter because people are gonna see the movie no matter what right but with right. comics a clickbait headline that's unbased in anything can make or break a book yeah, yeah, no, it really can. Yeah, I, you know, I we obviously a big DC fan. Anyone that follows me on social media, you know, or, or the podcast, but um, yeah, yeah, we, we even my regular customers are like, "What's this? DC Comics is closing?" And I'm like, "Oh God, no, no, they're not closing." Just a couple people are mad that they'll never get hired there again. So yeah, I, I guess, I guess. Um, yeah, well, uh, 
you know, one of the reasons I'm on the podcast is to talk about one of my favorite comics, The New Warriors, and we'll get, get to that a little bit later. But, um, uh, uh, you know, there are, that was a real early um, book in my, in my history. So, uh, I mean, it's pretty, you know, we can kind of, I won't, I won't talk about them too much, but uh, uh, I uh, grew up on the East Coast, grew up in a small town in Massachusetts. Um, uh, I, I really think it's tough because sometimes you just don't remember what the first thing you saw was. So yeah. I don't know. I, I probably could have seen some episode of Super Friends that just didn't stick with me or, you know, the episode of like the Batman 66 show like on rerun or something but i i know the first thing that i really saw um that i recognized as a comic book thing was the the hanna-barbera fantastic four cartoon it was playing in reruns with a bunch of other shows a bunch of other cartoons just you know saturday morning thing yeah and uh so this would have been mid mid late 80s uh i i don't remember that was like 86 87 maybe I, I don't remember the exact year um and shortly after that uh some of the, like the the marvel trading cards those came out uh for anyone that remembers uh you know the 90s non-sports cards the, those those cards were everywhere you know I, I i was a big i was a big sports fan when i was a kid and you know just you know boston you know, boston's a big sports town so mm-hmm. you know big red Sox fan a patriots fan and everything and um so it was, you know, i played little league and i played soccer and i played a bunch of sports when i was a kid uh so it was at the at the there was like a card shop and they had like you know um uh, comic book cards as well right so i would i kind of picked up those at the same time um uh the i, I again an, an ironic uh story when the when the batman movie came out I have a very distinct memory of my parents wanting to go see it and me telling them, I do not want to see the Batman movie because I don't like DC comics. I only <laughs> like Marvel because <laughs> that was like what I knew. Right. I, I, I think I knew DC was a thing. So I would have been 10 when the Batman movie came out. So I was still, yeah, I was still pretty young. Um, uh, but, but I, I, I remember like not wanting to go to see it. But of course we saw it and I was like, oh, never mind. Batman's awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I, it was a little scary in your kid. I mean, that movie's got a little intense. Joker is a little creepy. Yeah. Um, when, uh, when I was um, just, I was like, I don't even think I was one years old yet. My parents took me to see Batman forever as a baby. Mm. And they got slapped. They got uh, flack from every one of the other parents around them. Cause like, <laughs> cause you were, he, cause you were like crying or something. I, I didn't cry through the whole movie. That was the most surprise, but they charged them, my parents. They always say like, they're always mad cause they charged me for an adult ticket, even though I was like, <laughs> 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 yeah, but yeah, they're like, why'd you take him to such a violent movie? And they're like, he seemed like he was interested in when he saw the trailers. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. So that, I, I like that the movies are the first experiences in a lot of these uh, people's stories because I think movies are a good gateway drug and I hope the new Marvel movie yeah. too. Yeah, and you know, I didn't um I at at this point I, I don't really know that I would have consciously been aware that I was into comic books because these were all kind of kind of like disconnected events. Watching the cartoon, the the trading cards. I mean, I just buy a couple packs. Like it wasn't like I was obsessed with them. Watching the Batman movie. These were all like, it, it actually, I didn't, it didn't really click with me till I was older that I, I had done these things, but I, I remember doing them, but I, I wasn't like, I'm a comic book fan. Right. Yeah. Um, so 
go flash forward to 91. So it would have been two years later. So it would have been 13. And I, 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 I yeah. How was I? No, 11, 12. Yeah. 12. Um, I, I, there was a bookstore, a small bookstore, so, you know, small, uh, um, like a crown books or one of those older chains. Uh, and my mom had to run some errands and she just dropped me off this bookstore to hang out and look at stuff. I was really into science fiction. Uh, I, at that point I'd started to read more like, you know, science fiction novels. And, and mm-hmm. I think I was, I, I knew what like Dungeons and Dragons was. I don't think I had played it yet, but I, I, I started to kind of get into the nerdy stuff. And, um, uh, I, there was a spinner rack, right? The, the old comic book spinner rack. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think I had like $5 on me in comics for like 75 cents or a dollar, right? Right at then. And I just was looking through and I was like, oh, comic books. Yeah, this is the Batman thing. This is, you know, the Fantastic Four. Like I just sort of, I, again, I knew what they were, but I hadn't really read them. And uh, so I, I grabbed a, a stack of comics just as like, a, oh, this, this seems cool. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of the, that was it. Like the one trip and I was hooked. Um, I, I don't know what other comic I bought that same day, but I, I know one of the comics I bought was Dark Hawk number four. Uh, and I, I still, to this day, like, in a, in a shelf of X-Men and Spider-Man and Batman, why did I buy Dark Hawk? Well, like, it's a cool cover. It's like a big robot fighting an even bigger robot. You know, it was a neat cover, but, like, I have no clue why that was the book I grabbed, other than just the cover, you know, the cover yeah. seemed interesting to me. I honestly think... and this is why I think new characters are so important in some ways when it comes to younger kids getting in the comics is Spider-Man and um, Batman or Superman, like the designs are newer and fresher every time kind of reiteration, but they are kind of similar to the original, which came out in the fifties, sixties, forties, all all that. So we have Darkhawk. Darkhawk is a nineties character. He looks. Oh, very, very much. (laughs) So like when a kid from the nineties is like going in, it's like, what is he has wings and the wings look like blades. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's all shiny and angular, yeah. and so, uh, yeah. I mean, that was the start of it. And again, like I think a lot of people, you know, we're comic book stores and subscriptions, and especially digital, you know, are, are make collecting comics very easy. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though those things existed when I started buying comics, not not the digital part, but you know, the stores and subscriptions. I, th- there was no comic store near me. It, it, it actually was a couple years uh, before a comic store opened in the town that I lived in. There was one, you know, there was a lot, there's a number in Boston, but there were, there was one that was maybe 20, 30 minutes away that we went to. And uh, there was like one small convention I went to. Uh, so, you know, in those early days, I, I uh, was mostly buying off, or off the spinner rack. And, and actually I'm, I'm going back through my old collection right now, doing some inventorizing and rebagging and boarding my, my oldest comics. Cause I haven't gone through them in years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny. Cause I, I have a bunch of sort of, sort of like beat up newsstand copies of like uh, dark hawk and new warriors and a few of these books and then all of a sudden they're near mint uh direct market copies so the if you look at any of those comics from the 80s and 90s they would have like the you know the barcode on them or the spider-man head right the the spider-man head in in the in, on the front cover meant it went to, went to a comic book store the barcode means it went to a bookstore mm-hmm. or, or a, a newsstand, right? Uh, so, you know, the ones that were on the spinner rack were usually beat up. People flipped through them. They didn't care. But once you got to the comic store, they became, you know, better condition. And clearly, by the time I was buying at a comic store, I was 
I understood that like, oh, I want to keep these. I, you know, I'm not going to destroy these. I want to keep these in good condition. I'm collecting these, right? So it's funny to see like, this is just a month where it all shifts and everything's in better condition going forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that There's a similar vibe in, uh, in my collection where I stopped buying used and I started buying yeah. new. So yeah, a, yeah, yeah, shift yeah. There. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, so it was really just buying out the spinner rack. There was a... Um, uh, I, I was I was mostly getting Marvel stuff. That, that's what was there. You know, all the um, Spider-Man, X-Men, Darkhawk. Um, uh, again, I can, I can save the New Warrior story for a little bit later. Uh, there was a a uh, a um, uh, not like a supermarket. It was like kind of like what, what Target would become, like a, like a kind of an everything store, like a general store, right? Like yeah. like the sort of general store. And they had a uh, they had a spinner rack. It wasn't the one I normally would buy my comics at, it was a little bit further away, but they would take their old comics and throw them in a bin and just put like a, like a 25 cent sticker on the front of it. And, um, you know, like most books in the, in the eighties and nineties, the, the, the stuff that would sell and was really popular was all Marvel. So yeah. all the DC stuff ended up getting discounted out because nobody bought it. So I ended up buying, that was how I started buying like Batman, Superman, Justice League International, uh, you know, a, a bunch of oddball DC stuff would end up in the bin. Uh, some some random independent, like um, uh, this is like pre-image and Valiant, like uh, I like Malibu, right? Not you know, even before that, yeah, before that. No, this is uh, like first comics, and and you know, they had a bunch of other other kind of eighties and or very early nineties publishers that they would just. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they didn't return them. I mean, bookstores, the whole idea for the direct market, the comic book stores. Um, is they're bought non-returnable. The, the, the newsstand, so, so a spinner rack at a bookstore or an actual newsstand, um, those were all returnable. So I have no idea why the store didn't return them. I, I, they just made them cheap, and I, I, I didn't complain. I got, you know, I could buy one X-Men, but then four issues of Batman. So it was yeah, great. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I loved would it. As, yeah. I would assume since it was so cheap, there's like, it gets people in the door. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and I just I would just go there and you know I'd get my five dollar allowance or whatever and walk in and just buy like twenty comics. It was like it was great. Uh, so, yeah, that then a comic book store opened. So uh, I I'll never forget one of my friends was like, "Hey, did you see they opened a comic book store?" And I'm like, "No, no, they didn't. Get out of here!" Like I would I would know, you know. And we we got on our bikes, we drove to the little downtown area, and sure enough there's a comic book store there and i'm like when when did this happen like I, 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 I this is the greatest day of my life so it was closed because it was like the weekend um mm-hmm. it was like a sunday you know again small town everything's closed on sundays and so i remember going down like a couple days later and just being like yeah, the place man in my mind it was small so it must have been like a shoebox it must have been just absolutely tiny because uh, uh, I, I have, again, memories of kind of looking at the wall and, and they have like a couple issues, a couple like a, uh, long boxes of back issues. Like it was a very, very small store. Yeah. Um, but it was the greatest day of my life. I was like, oh my God, there's a real comic book store and they have old stuff and, and, and toys, you know, and, and it, was, it was amazing. The uh, store was called Paper Heroes. Um, and... Uh, that led to, you know, I, so I, I, I hung out there all the time. I'd go there every single day. I, I set up a subscription, a pull box. I bought, you know, I'd, I'd start buying all my regular books there. Um, and 
uh, I remember um, uh, the death of Superman was about to happen. All right. So we're, we're kind of getting a couple of years, you know, it was, it was at 93. Uh, and I, I told him like, Oh yeah, you, you know, I need to put all the Superman books on my pull list now because I want to buy, I want to get this whole, this whole, this whole story arc. And I remember the day Superman 75 came out. I, uh, I got out of school and I, I walked down to the store and there was a line of a hundred <laughs> people. And I'm like, what is going on? And I, um, I kind of wiggled my way through the line and I walk in and I'm like, what? again, again, I'm a kid, right? I'm still, yeah. I'm still like, I'm still, I'm still like 13 years old at this point, 14, yeah, yeah, 13 years old. And I'm like, what, what, what is happening here? And, uh, the guy was just like, Oh my God, like it's been like this all day. It's been crazy, blah, blah, blah. And I said, do, do, do you need any help? Like I, I'm here all the time. Like, do you want me to, to help pull boxes or talk to the customers or bag them up for you or something? The guy was like, yes, please. Cause it was just, it was just the one guy, right? I mean, yeah, there, was, yeah. there was no employees. It was just the one guy, you know, with this tiny, tiny little shop. And, um, I mean, the rest is history, I guess. That that was my first time working in a comic shop, totally illegally, at the age of 13. Just, you know, and I would help out on weekends and I would go after school and kind of, you know, I would do inventory for them and sort of like, you know, clean stuff up. And yeah, it, it was, uh, we weren't there very long. We ended up moving to California um, the, the following summer. So, the, so. Yeah, it was it was only a couple it was only a couple months later. I didn't work there for for you know years or anything. It was very short, but that was like I worked at a comic book store for a few yeah. months, and it was the amazing. Yeah, and, and my and my question for you then is so fascinating because like I know my buying habits when I was a teenager to uh, adulthood and. <laughs> I didn't have the money to buy the books I was buying. They usually supplied my parents the money for it because he, my dad, yeah. would, my dad reads them too. Oh, um, cool. So he would read them, and then, and since he he read them, he just gave them to me afterwards to read, for the most part. But he's like, okay, you get to pick what books we get, though. I'm like, cool. That means I get the books no matter what. Um, so that's how I was paying for them as a teenager. But how were you paying for all of the books as a teenager, other than uh, working that summer for them, probably? Well, the when I was when I was younger i i had a, a paper route so again think small town 80s yeah, 90s yeah. paper routes were still a thing so you know they actually paid okay especially on like christmas and holidays like we get some good tips i mean it's nothing like a real job but but yeah. you're a kid I, someone hands you a 20 dollar bill in, in 1989 and you're like oh my god i'm a millionaire you know like 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 that was yeah that was that was amazing so yeah i guess uh, around the law books are still about a dollar right yeah, yeah. I, I think I got in right at like that switch from like 75 cents to a dollar. Like, I feel like there may have been a couple books I bought that were still 75. But yeah, I think right at that dollar jump. Uh, and in Massachusetts, I believe it's still the case, comic books are considered um, newspapers and they're not taxable in the Ooh. state. So that was even better. That, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that saved me a couple bucks. Um, yeah, but I, I always uh, work just, you know, cutting grass, mowing lawns, that normal kid stuff. I, you know, and I, that's definitely something that I think is all but gone today, except for in maybe like small rural towns. It's, it's definitely not something that you're going to do living in the Bay area. It's just not yeah. really how, how things work anymore. But, uh, you know, my parents, we, we, we were far from wealthy, but you know, my parents both worked. They, they had, you know, I grew up very, very solid middle-class 
suburban Massachusetts, you know, they, they would give me some allowance money and, you know, it wasn't a lot. It was, you know, five, 10 bucks. I mean, it wasn't like they were giving me hundreds of dollars or anything, but uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I had nothing to spend my money on except for comic books. So five bucks a week was like, man, there's five, you know, four or five comics. And yeah, it's, uh, uh, and then when I worked at the shop, yeah, I mean, I basically just worked for credit. Cause all, yeah, all I wanted was more comic books. Like I didn't need anything else. It was amazing. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, I mean, in, um when you moved to california wasn't the shop already the comics conspiracy shop already there when you moved or was that later yeah so i moved here in uh, october of 93 and i remember the first day we got here my dad my parents had got divorced and my mom had my mom and my i have two sisters they'd actually moved to los angeles uh but a year later and my dad uh, me and my dad stayed in massachusetts and um his work transferred him to to sunnyvale because uh, all the t- all the tech jobs used to be in like Boston in the New England area. That's where a lot of the computer jobs were. But by the 90s, the Silicon Valley became a thing. So a lot of them got transferred out this way. And, and the first day I was here, I was like, all right, cool. We're in an apartment or we're in a, we're in a hotel room. We're going to find an apartment at some point. But the first thing we have to find is a comic book store. Cause I have to set up my pull box. I missed like two weeks worth of books. Like this can't stand. I have to get my comic books. Um, so there's actually two stores in Sunnyvale. There's one called RNK comics and then comics conspiracy. And I'm, we moved here in October and comics conspiracy was opened in July. So it had just opened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am not sure why I chose comics conspiracy over the other one. I, I don't really, I, I just, Funny enough, the other one is actually closer to where we were. I think I just looked up and I saw, oh, comic store. Here we go. Let's go to this one. Um, and we went and I said, yep, just moved to the town. Want to pull, set up a pull box. Here's my dad. He'll pay for it if I don't. And, and uh, yeah, so I started just there as a, as a customer at, you know, at, at the age of 14 and um, just ended up hanging out there all the time. Uh, it's funny. It was actually across from a high school, but I went to where we, where we ended up getting an apartment was on the, the uh, line between two high schools. And I ended up going to the other high school. So instead of going to high school, they crossed the street. I went to the high school that was like 15 miles away or 10 miles away or whatever. And then I would just get out of, get out of school, ride my bike home. And then, drop off my bag and then ride my bike to the comic book store like every day and just hang out. And, you know, I ended up knowing all the guys there and uh, became friends with the employees. And uh, we bought this, uh, we ended up buying boxes of this game. No one had ever heard about called magic, the gathering alpha edition and played it. And, you know, never thought anything about it. And now those cards are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. So like, you know, it's a, uh, yeah, unfortunately I wish I'd kept some of those over some of the comic books I kept. Uh, but uh, yeah, just, just ended up befriending the guys. Um, the owner, uh, it's actually, it's a, it's a, I never met the, um, the original owner of the store. There were actually, it was like a partner, the t- two guys, um, uh, Doug Myers, he was the, he was the co-owner and, and the actual kind of like main owner of the store. His name was Mark, but I never met him. He actually, um, he died like weeks after they opened the store. Oh, he, wow. he was, he was young and he had some weird, some blood disease. I, I don't know the entire story. Um, I mean, I know people that knew him, but I, I never met him. Um, 
So Doug ended up taking over the store as the, uh, the full owner. And it kind of wasn't his intention to, mm-hmm. to own the store as like a full-time thing. Um, he did some tech jobs and he did some like early web design and he actually was a writer. He wrote some comic books as well. So he kind of had a bunch of other stuff going on. It was never really his intent to be the, the, uh, the day-to-day uh, owner and uh, employee of the shop. So, um, uh, you know, but I, I would just go in and help out and getting in free. Just, I was like, I just, I want to hang out at the comic book store. Uh, I love this stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, um, I don't, do you know, um, do you know the Invader Zim, uh, Jonan Vasquez, yes, the, yes, the creator yes. of that? Yeah. Uh, he's a San Jose local. And, and, and I remember just, just hanging out at the shop one day and this goth guy comes walking in and says, Hey, I, made a comic book and you guys want to stock it and doug thought it was like the funniest comic ever and he ended up buying like 100 copies of johnny the homicidal maniac number one and i bought it and loved it and you know and, and then yeah then a couple of years later all of a sudden this guys were for nickelodeon making one of like the you know like the the biggest cartoons of like the, the early 2000s um so yeah it's just you know just cool cool little things like that happened uh i uh, went to a bunch of conventions with them helped them set up uh Occasionally when they'd have a sale, I'd, I'd just sort of hang out and, you know, sort of watch things, make sure everything was okay. You know, just kind of, you know, just, just doing what I could as a, as a, as a teenager. And uh, yeah. And then, and then like day of my 18th birthday, uh, I was, I was a senior in high school and he's like, Hey, do you want a job? You know, when you're out of school, you can work here, you know, you can work here like at nights during the week. And then like, you know, once you're out of high school, you know, whatever your schedule is, if you want to keep working here. And, and, and then I started working at, at Comics Conspiracy and, and that would have been 97. So. And now you completely run it. <laughs> and like, and, and that's one of the most encouraging stories, even though like I don't see myself able to get a comic book job for where I live or anything right now, just because mm-hmm. the price of living is so expensive in some places. Yeah. But it's just, it's kind of inspiring that you started way back then just working under the counter to owning one of the most popular shops now <laughs> well it was like a i mean it's part of just being a dumb kid because yeah you don't you don't i i just didn't realize that i couldn't do this so i just did it i was like yeah sure i can i could do this i just, you know just persistent and uh you know the the people just, just just dealt with me i guess i don't know i don't know how they really felt about me I'm, yeah I'm, I, they, they, they kept me around so they must have liked me i must have been doing something right um yeah so doug ended up selling the store after a couple of years uh so like by like 2000 to a customer named, uh, named ken and then we were talking earlier and yeah so ken now runs a shop up by you yeah uh uh but uh his his time in the Bay Area was short. Uh, he, he was a customer and then bought the store, but he had another full-time job and it just kind of things didn't quite work out with him. And the, the store, you know, was definitely having some trouble and, um, you know, we're like dot-com boom or the boom had happened and now the bust had happened, right? I mean, all yeah. of a sudden everything was, the Bay Area was, was dying and all the tech stuff was dying out. Um, and it, you know, if, again, if people can imagine that this is 20 years ago, 21 years ago, and <clears throat> yeah, the Bay, the Bay Area is very different now. Uh, but but at the time, it was there was a question of 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 you know how this stuff was going to all, all pan out. Apple wasn't what it is today. You know, Twitter and Facebook didn't exist, and Google wasn't really a thing. And you know, so I mean, yeah. very very totally different world. Uh, uh, so so 
I, I worked, uh, I, I worked part-time at the shop. Uh, I worked part-time at a, uh, record store, uh, that was in town. Um, I ended up working a little bit at a, at a, uh, another comic book store. The, the two owners were friends. So I kind of would do like a one day shift at the other shop just to give the guy, like I, I would work Sundays there just to give him a break. So I was kind of yeah. bouncing back and forth between the two shops. Um, but there was talk pretty early for, about me buying the shop because Ken just, it just wasn't going to work out that he was going to be able to, you know, I, I, I think that the, the, it just, the situation here just wasn't working for him very well. So, um, we had talked a couple times, you know, like, uh, uh, that I, I could end up buying the shop. Um, you know, I didn't really go to college or anything when I, when I got out of high school. Um, it's funny, my, my wife's a college teacher now. So she, she, you know, we, we kind of have went very different directions in our, uh, in our uh, post post high school world, but I, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. And, you know, I, I definitely didn't want to work retail my entire life if I was just yeah. running the cash yeah, register. That, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I actually did when I had some friends that worked in tech and, and a couple of the customers worked in, in, in some of the tech industries and I applied at an interview at one of the, one of the big uh, manufacturing companies here, just as like a, you know, like a, like a gopher, just as like a, um, you know, like a, like a, uh, like a secretary, basically just, you know, I didn't go to college. So I, I, I took a couple college classes, but again, I was like, yeah, I, I, I kind of like this, you know, independent retail. Uh, I wasn't working. I did work briefly. I worked for like a year at Blockbuster video. I mean, it was fun, but it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, get that. I, I worked at a bookstore and again, it was a fun job, but you're, it's a, it's a real retail job. Not the, the comic book store and the record store were awesome. They were like this, it's work. It's a lot of work, but it's yeah. Like, cause I, I when I, before I have my current job, I was working at Walmart, and there was a, and when I was working on the food side versus the electronic side, there's a real difference between having to sell a customer food because you don't yeah. care about food. <laughs> like, hey, this new movie's out. It's really cool. You want to watch or this yeah. new games out because you knew those things and you liked those things, so they were easier to sell those things. And I mean, I, I mean, I love books, right? I mean, I read a ton of books, but I don't love the Oprah book of the month and that's who would come into the bookstore i don't love the romance section again a blockbuster i mean i love movies but i don't love the the shitty rom-coms that people oh can i swear in here i don't even i didn't even ask (laughs) (laughs) um uh you know the the rom-coms and the random garbage people would buy and and we I left, so I was only a blockbuster for like, yeah, like a year, 18 months or something like that. And, and I left right when they started to get in like DVDs and um, uh, uh, like widescreen copies of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And again, if you're younger, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But if you're, you know, I'm 41. So if you're my age or a little bit older, you know, this was the time when uh, you know, all those old VHS tapes started coming in with widescreen versions. And there was still that generation of older people older than me that are like, no, but it's all that black bars. It's, <laughs> yeah. I, I want the full screen. I want the full movie to take up my, my, my tube TV. And you're like, no, you don't. You, I was the total like, you know, hipster video nerd working a blockbuster be like, no, you need the widescreen version. That's the full movie. <laughs> no, yeah. That, that's around the time I remember my dad, um, 
because he used to be he he still is when it comes to music but he used to be just a real tech person in general yeah and uh he, i just remember saying was like, this is what you always want to get the widescreen i want to get the full yeah. screen because full screen cuts off the picture yeah yeah even as you know i even as an 18 dumb 18 year old i knew what was going on yeah well and, and and you know even again working at a place like blockbuster is great because we i mean we just took whatever we wanted like, i know i'm not stealing like we would borrow yeah. the movies we just i i watched I mean, you know, and what a perfect age, you know, 18, you know, 17, 18, 19, right in that, that era to just watch all this weirdo stuff and, and experimental movies. Um, I watched a bunch of old samurai stuff, bunch of classics, black and white. Uh, you joked about Twin Peaks at the beginning of this. I mean, that's how I saw Twin Peaks. I didn't watch it when it came out. I was, yeah. I would have been like 10 years old, 11 years old. Um, but I knew that this was a thing and they had like the VHS box set and I, I just took the box set and watched it. I'm like, this is amazing. It's mm-hmm. so it's weird and funny and goofy and and bad and surreal. It's yeah, it's still one of my favorite shows. It, it is it is my favorite show of all time. If gun to my head, I, uh, Twin Peaks is my favorite television show ever. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it was just a perfect time to you know. And I'm I'm not like a big cinema nerd or anything now, you know. But it was a great time to just experiment and, and just see all sorts of weird stuff that. It, you know, uh, Clockwork Orange and Stanley Kubrick and, uh, 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 you know, even things like Jaws that I had seen maybe when I was a kid, but I didn't really get into. Yeah. Um, um, uh, yeah. A bunch of weird experimental movies they had. It was, yeah, it was perfect. I mean, perfect you, age. you basically had Netflix before Netflix because you just worked at a store that had all the movies. Yeah. I mean, you just, even when I was growing up in Massachusetts, uh, uh, there was a, there was an independent um, uh, movie store and I would just go and just same thing. I would just kind of hang out at the movie store yeah. at, the, at the video store and look at, you know, they were to have all these weird horror movies and other than a lot of stuff from like the seventies that just, I mean, it would never be made today. And it was yeah, cool yeah. to just kind of see these movies like, what is this? Like, can you imagine what this is? You know, renting something like, uh, I rented like Evil, I got like Evil Dead 2. Um, One of my uh, you know, favorite horror movies. Yeah, no, it's it's incredible. And, you know, I mean, especially if you're like, again, 18, 19, like what, what a perfect age to watch that. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely was getting into a lot of like uh, new wave and gothic uh, industrial music. So like, again, the music, the movies, they all sort of hit at the same time. Uh, and it was just like, it kind of, it was the, I was the perfect age to get into all that stuff. But it actually, I get too far off topic here, but it actually dovetails greatly into what my comic book reading was like at that time because after a couple of years uh i, I got I, I was a kid but i as i got into high school and a little bit older i, I definitely kind of got bored with the superhero stuff and it, and it it really was like a vertigo sandman mm-hmm. um hellblazer uh invisibles like that really kept me reading comics um through high school because they were they were um you know more mature they were it was uh very different, very dark. You know, I've never seen anything like this. I, I had read like Hellboy and Heavy Metal, and I had seen like some of this stuff when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, but but really getting into the Vertigo stuff kept me in, and then and then all you know, guys like Graham Morrison started doing Justice League, and and you know, so but by the time I was like sixteen, seventeen, like yeah, all this stuff sort of everything sort of fed back in. So then I was at that point, I was it was more than hooked. It was this was my life. So I just, I just knew it at that age. 
hearing you talk about working at the other retail jobs and like how they never clicked makes it so makes more sense now why comics conspiracy doesn't have cards honestly because that was one of those things where like you always talk about how you guys don't really deal with playing cards all that much and i'm so used to comic book shops having a playing card section that's just as big as the comic section or just a tabletop section yeah we as big as the comic section but for you it's like no comics are what i'm passionate about that's really the only thing i'm passionate about so it's that that's what yeah and, and and i've always played games um less these days i used to play D all the time like i said i played magic from the beginning uh, i've played pokemon i'm a huge video game fan uh you know i have a huge nintendo fan i have ever since i was a kid um so i love all this stuff right i, mm-hmm. I love manga i love anime you know i i don't i wish i had more time for some of this stuff i just don't you know real life gets in the way a little bit too much for yeah, me to, to, no, to be that. as big yeah. of a fan of everything. Um, but uh, I do love the stuff. I, I've, I've, I've dabbled in all of it. But I, yeah, to me, the store, we have, and we have carried all this stuff in the past. Even even until fairly recently, we would still carry like, you know, the one box of magic cards. But mm-hmm. it it was like, I wasn't, it's it's not something that I was keeping up with. I wasn't focusing on it. It wasn't something that was, uh, if it went away, it wouldn't change the store at all. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, we started to kind of get a little bit bigger stacks of like some incentive covers. And I was like, I gotta find a way to like really display these better. And I said, I mean, we have this little section of magic and Pokemon cards that just, I sell occasionally. Like no one's coming to us for them because they go yeah. to the gaming stores. I was like, why don't, why don't I just make these short boxes of, of incentive covers and then people can look through them here and then you know, I just like, that was it. And then boop, they're just gone. And I'm like, yep, this is better. This is the way it should have been the whole time. This people will look through this stuff. No one's coming to us for this, for the gaming cards. And Pokemon has gotten crazy popular in the last couple months. Bonkers. Uh, It's insane. I'm like, oh, I missed out. I could have been getting this. I mean, the article's now people scalping the McDonald's. What's going on? It's, I had a friend uh, text me. He goes, yeah, my friend just paid a hundred dollars for the shiny Pikachu from McDonald's, and I'm like, I don't, I don't get it, but okay. I mean, I, I, I like Pokemon. I've seen, I played a lot of the games. I still yeah. play it to this day. The new one, the new ones when they come out, I've seen a bunch of the movies. I have watched a handful of the episodes of the show. It's a little bit older, but I've, I've seen a couple of the movies. Uh, I saw Detective Pikachu in the theater. It was hilarious. You know, so, I mean, I, I love Pokemon, but it's like. Why, is, why, why do these cards mean so much? Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, just... It goes kind of back to like two speculators because I know we both have a, a nice hatred of speculators, but they do sometimes make you more money than they would me. Um, yeah. It's like, why, why this book? Why is this book hot right now? Just because yeah. someone mentioned a name? Yeah, I, I get it to a degree, but I'm always frustrated and feel like people when you care more about the money than the yeah. than the the content even if you're a comic book like cover collector like i have a lot of co- i've even one of my uh, toby on yeah toby toby he buys most of his books based off the cover yeah yeah he he really only reads old stuff right he's not really he doesn't he reads some new comics but he's mostly interested in like kind of the 80s and 90s that was yeah. his era um but he buys cover covers covers of the art and i have no problem with that right yeah but if you're only buying because of this like perceived value like that's not like well it's, it like goes back to like with the that, uh the first punchline book where she's just mentioned or she's like just in the background she doesn't say one word and that book was like out selling every book just because she was a salute in the background it's like what? yeah no, we, this doesn't matter this is never going to matter 
Yeah. I, again, people could do whatever they want with their money. I, I don't really care, but there is a, yeah, it just it's feels a little gross. Of like someone else really wanted to read that book and now they can't kind of thing. Well, like we have this uh, Immortal Hulk. Uh, I don't, we, we don't need to get into the controversy. I don't know if you Yeah, no, I know, I know happened. what you're talking about, yeah. Um, but, we, but we immediately sold out because of speculators and my regular guys that walk in that want to buy the next issue of Immortal Hulk and just yeah. read it, they can't now, right? And, yep. you know, Marvel's reprinting it and yada, yada, yada. So, I mean, people that want to read it will get it, but like, that it's a frustrating aspect of, of the, of the industry because I feel like, uh, you know, you know, FOMO, right. I mean, I think that's yeah. a big reason these guys get so into the speculation, but it's not money till you cash out. And yep. when a lot of these guys cash out, they're not going to be getting much money for their books. You know, some they will, but it's a lot of work for not a lot of, not a lot of return. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to dive now into New Warriors a bit because. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, and I know it's one of the most. I know it's Sandman, New Warriors. And, um, <laughs> very, very conflicting uh, titles. But, yeah. but they, I mean, but those really are like defining moments of my like younger comic collecting. It, you know, reading Sandman for the first time was like, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, this for is. Sure. Yeah, yeah, but New Warriors was like my first like adult independent books too, and it was like this is not (laughs) this isn't Spider Man, this isn't this is not what I'm expecting out of a comic. I I still I I uh, I we have a money back guarantee on the first two volumes. Uh, Anyone that walks in the store, if you buy them and you don't like them, give your money right back because I think they're the best comic. I I, you know I I really do think Sandman's the best comic that's ever been made. You know, it's it's uh, it's such an important book that they're really to change the industry uh, and and people. I think, I, I, you know, I mean, again, if you look at the most important comics of all time, I mean, I think it's like you know, uh, I, I think it's like uh, action comics number one. Um, I, I'm gonna say Amazing Fantasy fifteen because I think Spider, although Fantastic Four are very important yeah. because they started it. Spider Man is a very different thing. Um, that we hadn't really seen in comic books before. Um, and, and then I think Sandman, number one, I, I think it completely changed the industry uh, and what comic books could be. And I, I really don't think anything's matched it since. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's so bonkers because uh, I think about manga a lot and there's like the big three manga, but there's also like the big three comics, which was Sandman, Swamp Thing, and Doom Patrol. Yeah, I mean, those, those again, completely, you got to think DC at yeah. that time was a bunch of kind of dumb Superman books and Batman didn't really know what it wanted. The Justice League was kind of just like, eh, like they it was fine, but it's just kind of going through the motions. Start something new. Yeah, yeah. And those books completely changed everything. Yeah. It yeah. shifted the whole tone of what comics were for the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, all, so, all the way to now. So New Warriors, it, when I went, um, I never read New Warriors before this week, but I did read stuff around that time because I talked about before, like I was reading, I read the Nova running around that time and i have a bunch of spider-man and uh avengers around that time that i, I read a lot growing up yeah so i kind of got the vibe of what 90s marvel was but what's so surprising about new warriors reading it is it's not that it's not 90s marvel in the way i thought it was going to be it's much heavier from this jump than uh any of those other books and the characters surprisingly hate each other for the most part like, <laughs> there's some friendships there but most of them are like especially the guy who started the group, uh, Night Thrasher, right? Yeah, like yeah, everybody yeah. hates him. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one likes yeah. it. And, yeah. So, 
okay yeah it's just like it's so amazing that that's the dynamic of that team and then you have someone like speedball which i know is one of your favorite characters i know why now because he's so fleshed out from the first issue yeah and he's probably the most fleshed out of all of them even though like nova existed before him (laughs) yeah so so with the new warriors again we'll we'll go back to what i was saying you know like i kind of wanted to keep them out of my 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 secret origin here just because the uh uh you know what um what happened was I, I I'd read that issue with dark Hawk, And then I, I, it was like a couple months later, he was in an issue with new warriors. It was like number 17, maybe I can't remember what the number was, um, but it was, you know, it was in that early run. And I was like, Oh, dark Hawk. That's the guy I read that couple comics about. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got to get this. And, it, and I bought that issue in new warriors. And I was like, Oh, this, you know, and again, when you're a kid, I was like, Oh, this is a whole, this is a whole team of kids. This mm-hmm. is cool. You know, I get they're older than I am. They're, they're you know, teenagers or, or, you know, 19 or 20 or something like that. But they, they were young. And uh, I don't think I had seen the Teen Titans. I, 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 can, I kind of almost wonder had I seen the Teen Titans first, if I would have, like, I, I mean, the Teen Titans are one of my favorite comics ever. Uh, but New Warriors just, it was unique it it wasn't spider-man you know it yeah. wasn't this big popular thing it was this kind of little more niche thing that i could call my own and, and i've been like that again with movies and music and tv shows like you know I, I kind of always gravitate something that's a little less popular and a little more quirky and maybe not perfect but it's it's something that that speaks to me um and yeah new warriors is one of those books that i mean i even as I got out of the traditional superhero stuff, I kept getting new warriors. And you know, the you know, the as books do, they tend to, you know, kind of kind of vary in quality. And yeah, and they've tried to bring the team back a number of times, and and uh, it's just they just it just never really clicks. Um, uh, Civil War, if you read the Civil War comic, they're yeah. obviously a major part of that. And some who love Speedball, clearly, what have, they did to Speedball, I have some problems with. But the fact that still today I can look at that, especially those first like 50 issues, but you know, I mean, most people will tell you those first 25 are like perfect um, uh, that are, that are fans of the new warriors. Like it's still to this day, it's still resonates with me. It's still one of my favorite experiences. I uh, I'm I'm sitting here. I got, um, I got some comics. I got my, I didn't get my run. I bought another run of the comics uh, and got them bound. Uh, so I have like the, you know, the, the hardcover collection mm-hmm. of like, you know, 20 issues uh, at a pop that I put together and I flip through them all the time. I just love, I love reading them. Um, it's still one of my favorite experiences in, in comics. And yeah, like, you know, the, those first 25 issues, uh, Fabian Nicieza and Mark Bagley, I mean, it's, again, it's so unlike a lot of comics at the time because they were, they weren't, well, Night Thrasher's rich. He's, but he's not. Yeah. He's not Batman. He's not Bruce Wayne, right? I mean, he's yeah. he's trying to do something different. And yeah, like you said, he he basically he 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 traps these other characters. He traps, yeah, you know, Firestar and Nova and, and Namorita into being on this team. And he's like, I need you. Uh, you, you everyone else is not gonna care about you. You know, like uh, I'm gonna. Like I have a specific goal that I need to accomplish and you're going to help me whether you want to or not. So it's an amazing like, dynamic. He, he's such a bad superhero that before they even hit issue 12, Punisher's already trying to kill him. 
like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like that's how bad he is at being a hero in some yeah. ways and so many times nova punches the wall and leaves um and, and that that creative team too it's so crazy because now i feel like maybe back then it wasn't as popular but now if you get those two together it would it'd be making every comic book nerd's head spin again because yeah. they're so well known now yeah, you know, at that time too, Fabian Nicias was just a couple. He was right around the time where he he was writing like four or five books a month for Marvel. Yeah. He started cranking out a ton of stuff. Uh, Mark Bagley would go on to Amazing Spider-Man, and then obviously Ultimate Spider-Man shortly after. And so yeah, yeah I mean, he's become you know just a, a juggernaut of the industry. And so this was you know this was very early work for both of them. Um, you know, less for Fabian, but 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 for Mark Bagley, I I, I believe. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure this was his first ongoing work. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. And just, I, I love the characters, just, just good character design. And the, um, the, the, the stories are not, they get into alternate timelines and big world building and everything, but especially in those early issues, they're really down to earth. It's yeah. uh, very small. They're going after drug dealers. You know, they're, they're not trying to be the Avengers, right? That's, they're trying to do something different and it's, um, and it, and I think it holds up today. It's, uh, uh, they're written like, kind of, they're written like real people. You know, yeah. they don't. It's not, again, like he's not Bruce Wayne, and even like Spider Man had already. You know, he again, he's got a supermodel girlfriend at this point, and you know, it, the, the, these characters. You know, the X Men are similar but they they're they're off in space and they're doing all this crazy nonsense you know uh, when the new warrior starts it is way more down to earth and it i uh, i think it's a very easy book to get into you don't need to know these characters they they really had only appeared in a handful of books nova's been around since the 70s but past his original run yeah of, yeah he only appeared a couple times. Namorita would pop up in the Namor comic from time to time, but but it wasn't a big deal. Speedball had a uh, Speedball. I mean, he's co-created. By, he's created by Steve Ditko. Steve Ditko wrote and drew his uh, his his uh, his first miniseries. It, it's one of the last things he did for Marvel, uh, and it's horrible. Don't I mean, read it from a historical point of view, but it's just not good. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just it's really awkward, and and the the arts odd um steve dicko was always kind of a, a odd guy but it, it's not like his silver age stuff this got to the point where it was like it's it's a little hard to read because you're just the audience is so disconnected from what's going yeah. on in the book um and firestar had only appeared i mean she, from the from the cartoon but she'd only appear in a couple comics at that point so it was really they were they were mostly blank slates that they could do a lot with and honestly thinking about the time frame it came out in because it came out and um like early early 90s right like yeah it was early. 1990 was the, i it was like i want to say it was like summer 1990 was the first issue so that sounds about right yeah and i got um, the thing right here i guess i, I could look, I could look. I'm, it's I'm a cover date like, it's cover date july 1990 yeah july 1990 i guess it wasn't really influenced by this but it does remind me of this because it came out a few years later is the real world it's kind of like <laughs> this is like normal college age teenage age superheroes kind of living their life and dealing with each other and yeah. not being accepted by the rest because in that first issue i want to say it's is it marvel boy that tries to join the avengers and like yeah kicked out right away 
Yeah, he so Marvel Boy had been um this like the super complicated origin. Yeah. Where he's he's the 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 six one six version of Vince Astro from the Guardians of the Galaxy, except so he's just like this regular kid. And he was uh he was mostly in the um the 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 thing comic book mm-hmm. uh from like the mid the mid eighties. He he kind of palled around. He was sort of the you know, the the like the Jimmy Olsen to, to the thing. He was just kind of like the dude hanging around with them and stuff. Um, uh, yeah, he was never like a major character. And yeah, he tries to join the Avengers and Captain America's like, sorry, kid. No. <laughs> we appreciate it, but no, thank you. So my question for you is like, I, I know that this is one of the first team books you uh, you picked up and you realized there was people your age shows something you can relate to. But is there any reason why you think it's stuck, it's stuck with you for so long too? um other than like it being one of the first is there like things that last forever that you keep coming back to saying oh yeah i still love and relate to a lot of these characters yeah you know and i actually there's a there's a couple new warriors like fan sites that are still out there and uh uh like a facebook group and, and then there's you know they're we're not a huge fandom but but we're still around and uh yeah there is just you know every character is someone's favorite uh New Warriors definitely, especially this run, this original stuff. Um, it, it it just I think the people that were there reading it at the time, um, yeah, it it just sticks with you because I think it is very different. It's um, like I said before, it's not like you're a Spider-Man fan or an X-Men fan. And that's a pretty yeah. common thing. And there's a lot of conversations to be have. It, it, it is a more unique book. And the people that read it, I, I Fabian Nicias has done no, numerous interviews about this. And he said it was, it, it, it for a short time was one of Marvel's best-selling titles. They, they said it was a rare case where the issue sales actually went up issue to mm-hmm. issue for a little while. I can't, it, because it just something sparked with people. Um, about these characters again because they're uh they're they're much smaller you can do more with them than you can a superman or a spider-man or an ff at this point right i mean you obviously can have stories you can do whatever but i i feel like they're more willing to do deeper stories when you have a smaller character and and i find them like that with a lot of my favorites whether it's like uh, the question uh, or, uh, you know, I don't know, like, uh, uh, like a blue beetle and booster gold. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think they're, they're, they're not afraid to, 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 to do some weird stuff with them and, and see what clicks and it doesn't always work obviously, but I think the new warriors are just that those random characters thrown together. There's such a weird mishmash that you could like, okay, we're gonna, can we do this more down to earth straight, more, teen drama i don't say teen drama that feels like a bad that's it's not like a cw show it's yeah. you know it's a, it's not like a it's not like that sort of drama but 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 more human drama because like reading yeah. avengers at that time you're getting very superhero melodrama but this feels very much like these are people that have lives that they have to deal with right and being teenagers or young adults they're dealing with parents and parental issues and and I, you know my childhood was fine I, you know a lot i I always feel bad if people are like, oh, my parents, parents are so mean or rough, you know, whatever the situation is. Yeah. I'm like, I, 
I mean, my parents got divorced, but it was, it was okay. Everyone was fine. You know, everyone was okay. My parents were always very nice and, you know, and, and uh, I, I didn't have a troubled childhood or anything like that. So um, it wasn't like I could relate to that element of it. But again, when you're a teenager, you know, you're, you're a kid, you know, I mean, you're, you're kind of always a little bit weird about your parents. Right. So, so yeah. having some, some element of, of parental uh, 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 conflict is, you know, as a kid reading it, it, it sort of, it sort of means a little bit more. And uh, again, and characters like Nova and, and, and uh, Speedball, I mean, just very fun characters. Uh, uh, they're very funny, uh, you know, Speedballs. It has a bit of that Spider-Man sense of humor to them, but uh, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, it just, again, it was something that was a little bit more unique. And I think that's yeah. why it, it resonates still to, to the people that, um, that, that are, that are the big fans. Yeah, and and I and I think more so than like Teen Titans. Whenever I feel I see Nightwing and uh, Don and Troy and uh, Speedy and all of them like get back together as the Titans, it feels weird because I know that they were the Teen Titans and they're all adults and it feels like they're adults trying to be kids. Yeah. And but with the new with the new Warriors, I feel like they could just make a book and call it the Warriors and have the same crew as adults now, like older adults. Uh, Cause like Nova's been through so much. And so, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All I feel of them, like yeah, yeah. It could still work because the book itself never felt like they were kids dealing with kids stuff. They just felt like they were adults dealing with life and you can still do that. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is, it's obvious that new warriors was, was highly influenced by new teen Titans. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of uh, elements, but it just, it was um, uh, even, uh, you know, Robin was such a known quantity, even at this yeah. point, uh, you know, uh, for the new warriors, they're all nobodies. They're all D list characters. So uh, yeah, I, yeah. Again, I think they were willing to do even more risk with, with that. Plus you have, um, you know, uh, again, at the time, if I was born 10 years earlier, new teen Titans probably would have been my favorite book. Right. Yeah. Uh, it just the age I was. The New Warriors was a thing. By that point, the Teen Titans were. By the time I got to them, they had already moved into traditional kind of more superhero stuff. Where if you read those early New Teen Titans issues, they are I think a little bit more in line with what kind of the New Warriors were like. Clearly, they sell out a lot of big superheroic stuff. I mean, even with New Warriors, pretty quickly you get to like you know the big fight with. Um, they bring back uh, uh, um, uh, Sphinx, who is yeah. one of uh, uh, Nova's big bad guys, and they're you know they're traveling alternate dimensions, and they have like a big annual X Men team up uh, with, with all the uh, annuals at the time. So you know, I, again, you know, don't get me wrong, the, the New Warriors pretty quickly get into traditional superheroics, but but it never loses its um, th- those things that made it uh, what those early issues were, uh, you know, especially that first like eight or ten issues where they were. Uh, way more down to earth and just uh, th- those those plots continue later and the character uh, traits continue as it goes on. It doesn't become just like this big normal superhero comic. They still uh, they still bring that stuff. Um, they still bring that stuff to uh, you know to, to the forefront from time to time. So yeah, and I and I remember reading the um, the I'm trying to think off the top of my head the. Um the newer Nova, the early 2000, or the mid mm-hmm. 2000s Nova. Where the, came, the one by um, like Abner and Lana. Yeah, Abner and Lana. When he, comes, yeah, yeah. When he comes back to Earth at some point. Yep. And he runs into Darkhawk and all of them and stuff. And it's like, it's 
reading New Warriors now, it felt like that through the Adam and Lanning books because these characters just were friends. They were good friends and they can stay that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I want to move into a, a couple of questions that um, some uh, listeners of the show brought up about, yeah. especially about like running a comic shop. Yeah, of course. But uh, uh, the first question is, what ends up being the most stressful part of owning a comic shop that no one realizes? Um, you know, it's a job. That, yeah. that really is the honest truth. I, I All the time, people are like, oh, it must be so fun. And I'm like, it is but it's work, you know, it's, it's a, I work, I really work seven days a week. I do a lot of stuff from home, you know, uh, especially during COVID I've, I've transitioned a lot of my more uh, uh, computer work to, to doing it from home. I can log in remotely and do a bunch of stuff. So we're trying to keep staff still now as separated as possible. Um, You know, just fewer people in the shop in general. Um, But it's, you know, small business is a, it's tough, you know, uh, when it's, when things are going good, it's fantastic, but you know, when things are going bad, it's, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's, it's you, it's all you. Um, you know, we've been very lucky, uh, where we are in the Bay area. A lot of our customers are still employed. Um, a lot of them work at the tech industry. So people are still working. Uh, we had a, a, you know, it was very scary at first because we were shut down. There were no comic books for, for, eight weeks almost eight or 10, you know, six or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really had no idea what was going to happen. Um, but, but uh, customers came back very quickly. Once we started to ship, we got some good support from online. Uh, we did a lot of sales uh, through, you know, of our existing stock. Um, we're able to get some uh, loans from the government for, for, uh, you know, COVID uh, emergency relief. So, you know, things very quickly turned around, which are fantastic, but that, that could have been it. Yeah. That could have been the end, you know, I mean, we could have been out of business uh, in April, uh, you know, yeah. it's, 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 uh, it's terrifying. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, turning your, your hobby into a job really changes it. It's uh, if you find like a cool comic, the thought isn't, this is for my collection. The thought is this could be for my collection, or I sell it because that's my job. I need yeah. more money because I, I just, I need to continue to pay rent and my employees and pay my mortgage. And, you know, it's, yeah. So it, it, it changes your perceptive uh, perception on what's important in collecting it. It, uh, you, you, yeah, like it, really it is just people don't, it's not just throwing a bunch of comics on the shelf and walking away. It's, it's an, especially in today's, not even COVID, like even pre-COVID. I mean, the world is very different. A, 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 a brick and mortar bookstore is a tough gig, in, in especially in the Bay Area, which is very tech, technologically focused. But, um, but you just have to cultivate a, an audience and, and, and you know, kind of it's, it's really just learning how the industry works. Uh, yeah. You know, jumping in with two feet could be tough. It's spend some time behind the counter and, you know, I, I was lucky to work for, for multiple people and got to kind of see the things you do and things that uh, you should do. No, pardon yeah. me. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, um, you, uh, one or two big mistakes can, can very quickly, uh, shut you down. So just be smart. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's, uh, but it's very rewarding when, when things are good and it is very fun. 
Yeah, and adjacent to that, and and I kind of gotten a vibe from sometimes listening to you guys' show that it's harder to keep up on modern books. But I was wondering, at any point running the shop, did it burn you out on reading comics? Um, no. If I stopped reading comics, I would sell the store. I I, I told myself this at the beginning. Uh, if I ever hated the thing I'm doing, I would no longer do it. Mm-hmm. I could get a regular job. I could get a random job that just pays the bills if that's really what I wanted to do. I know, unfortunately, too many people that are in this industry as store owners that are like, oh, I hate comic books. I hate new stuff. I don't ever look at it. I don't care. Yeah, I don't I hear about those notorious retailer forms every time. <laughs> I don't I, I, I don't I don't get it if you don't like the thing you're doing, why are you doing it? And that comes yeah. off, right? I mean, if you don't know the, look, I can't read everything. I, I read as much as I physically can, but it is like, I just don't, there's not enough time in the day for anyone to read every comic, right? Um, you would have to just marathon every book every day, nonstop, and you still wouldn't be current. You know, I mean, there's so many comics. Yeah, Throw in manga and original graphic novels and, and, and foreign stuff, forget it, it's impossible. Yeah, right. I, I think I pick up at least at this point about a hundred books a month, and yeah, I that's barely scratching the surface of what's out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, to me, it's um, I get burned out on books. I try to read every number one or every number one I can, especially yeah. a lot of the independent stuff, uh, just to kind of have a, a pitch for what the book is, and and you know, I'll stick with a few of them. Um, I'm a big DC fan. I do read a lot of DC's books. And I do try to read most of the regular Marvel stuff, um, although I've moved a lot of it over to um, basically just reading the collections of the Marvel stuff because they come out so quickly and I can burn through that trade really fast. Yeah. Uh, I don't like to just pull the issues for myself and then bring them back to the store because, you know, I want to sell that stuff. But, you know, I'll I'll try to generally keep up with like new number ones and and some of the bigger stories of the moment. Um, I, uh, you know, it, it's, I have definitely burned out on titles, but you know, I, I, I try to stick to the big stuff so I, I can kind of have some idea what's going on. Um, you know, and yeah, with, with, with the regular ongoing DC books, you know, I'll fall a couple of weeks back and then sort of catch up. I think I'm like, maybe I've read like, I think all the first month of future state now. So mm-hmm. I just haven't read any of the number twos yet or the, 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 the February stuff. So, you know, I, I'm pretty close, but I have, Boxes and boxes of all the stuff I haven't read. I have multiple bookshelves full of graphic novels I still haven't got to. So, you know, eh, one day, one day I'll get to them. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's like video games or movies or TV shows. I mean, unless you're glued to your TV every day, you can't watch everything worth watching. You know, it's, it's impossible. Um, there's so much content out there. And, you know, things like WandaVision on now, right? I mean, that's, yeah. you know, I don't get me wrong i love the comic books but the conversation at the shop is one division right now yeah that's the conversation people are having so uh you know that's the thing to what you know i i would always watch the comic movies thursday nights uh you know when when movie theaters were, were open um because every single person coming in the shop on a friday saturday we're talking about the movie right so yeah. like i want to be in on that conversation uh you know it's it's a little bit tougher with the comics because you have so many of them coming out again, something like three jokers was like, this was the book everyone was talking about. So I read it the minute I opened the box or, you know, the big event book or, you know, like infinite frontier that's coming out. I mean, that's going to be something 
that I, I read it in advance so I could pitch to customers, you know, yeah. um, it's again, it changes how you read and why you read. Um, I still have a couple comics that are like personal favorites. We basically don't even sell at the store because nobody cares about them, but I, I still keep up with those to some degree. And then there's just, you know, again, yeah, I just try to read as much as I can. Yeah. And, and I, and I get that uh, too, because like going into my, my shop, there's only like a couple things are always on topic. Like no one's really talking about King and black, but they want to talk about future state. They want to talk about the X-Men stuff that's going on, or they want to talk about WandaVision. So I personally have to keep up with the stuff that I know I'm going to go into the shop and be bombarded with. Cause I don't want to have a <laughs> as a customer. Yeah. 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 Um, so last question is other than the obvious books like Sandman, Doom Patrol from Grant Morrison or, uh, or even like, um, uh, Claremont's X-Men run and stuff what do you think their comic book ascends the comic community to like the modern community that like if a, a regular person off the street picked it up they'd be like oh this is something special um, I know we always hear about all the Vertigo titles or all the, the some of the really special Marvel ones or a lot of the independent stuff but is there something that you think no one really talks about that can do the same thing well you know there is the the reality of of uh what the fandom talks about and then the reality of what sells. Um, yeah. I mean, the best selling comic books are things like Randa Telgemeier and her, her scholastic books, right. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, um, like my hero academia, uh, we don't do a lot of manga, but it is one of the best selling comics in, in the world, right. Yeah. Not even America, the world. Um, so it, I think, the push for, and, I, and this is usually what I kind of recommend when, when people are starting out or if they come in, the commitment to like the, 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 the Wednesday subscription single issue comics is a, it's a high bar, right? That, that's a, a very strong commitment. You have to make this decision. Grabbing a random graphic novel on the shelf is very easy, right? Yeah. And, and, and uh, I, I don't know that there's something specific that I would say is like more important or less important, but it's, it's that accessibility is so uh, strong in getting people started because I, I, I got many people that are superhero fans, their first comic for a lot of people was just a random issue. It wasn't mm -hmm. this original graphic novel. It wasn't this, you know, starting point. A lot of people just jumped in, like like Dark Hawk number four. Why? I don't know, but that's what it was. Um, you know, sometimes it is Ultimate Spider-Man number one, and that's a great spot, but that's usually not how it happens. Yeah. But especially with with adults and and, and people that are a little bit older, um, I don't know that they're going to have the commitment for that. I think kids can. Kids are will are more accepting of that, and most people that I've talked to that started when they were younger, teenagers, or even you know. 10, 8, 10 years old, they can just kind of grab a random thing. But when you get older, I think you need, you want that complete story uh, uh, much more. So I, I think the, it's less a specific book, but it's more the formatting is, is what uh, is most important to sell to that uh, more general audience. Because something like Sandman or Doom Patrol, well, we'll find out when Sandman hits Netflix because I have that TV show. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think I definitely hear for a lot of people. Oh, the first comic I read was Watchmen, and I'm like, so much of Watchmen is based around knowledge of the tropes that 
then make the comic what it is. If you start with Watchmen, it's like you kind of started at the end, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So yeah, I think there's a, lot the, of, there's a lot of history you kind of need to know to, to kind of get some of the stuff in Watchmen. Yeah, Watchmen makes more sense when you understand what they're, I don't want to say parodying, but what they're kind of referencing in the, in the, the tropes that, that, that Alan Moore sort of turned on its head. And something like Doom Patrol or Sandman. I mean, Sandman is a little bit different because I feel like that's pretty straight. It's a fantasy thing. It's a little mm-hmm. bit easier, but, it, but you, you get more out of it if you've read comics. Doom Patrol, like, holy crap, if that's the first comic someone reads, I don't know what the heck they get out of it. Like, it's so weird, right? Yeah. Um, it is very unusual. And again, I think if, you're a, if, you, if you have some knowledge of how these characters normally work, Doom Patrol shows you that that other side of the coin. So it's it's uh, I, again when I heard some people that were not big comic fans talking about watching the Doom Patrol show, I was like, "What did you get out of that?" But then it hit me: they may not be comic book fans, but they've seen the MCU movies. Mm-hmm. They they've seen Arrow or whatever, right? I mean, so they actually they it kind of works because they know how these should be, yeah. right? So. Uh, but yeah, I, I think whatever the book is, uh, there's no bad place to start as long as it's something that speaks to them. Um, you know, I mean, I have the at the store, we, you know, when people are asking for very general recommendations, you know, things like Walking Dead, we'll recommend just because people know what that is. Saga is a great standalone book that, uh, you know, is, you just read it as is. Uh, you know, you know, if, if they know the movies, I'll say like, oh, you know, yeah, sure. Here's Civil War or, or, or uh, Infinity Gauntlet. They're very different from the movies, but at least maybe have some point of comparison. Um, but yeah, yeah. Some people, it's just, they just you know, I, I, I just grab whatever speaks to you. It's, it's, tough. it's tough. It's a tough question. And there's no real, I, I think there's actually not really a right answer because everyone's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. And, and I think um, you saying like the stuff that's is the best selling books are not com- normal Wednesday warrior comic books. They're right. Dogman right. And they're yeah. uh, attack on Titan and stuff like that. So it, it is really interesting to see what people come in and go for. Um, Cause sometimes I'm in the shop and there's like kids coming in and do they go straight to the kids comics? Do they follow their parents to see what their parents go or do they just explore themselves? Yeah, yeah. And like, I think my my first book that I bought off of the shelf at a comic book shop is funny you say Ultimate Spider Man because mine was Ultimate Spider Man twenty eight. Yeah, and if if that if anybody knows that issue, it's literally Peter trying to get out of school to go stop the Rhino, and all of a sudden Gwen Stacy's there. And he's like, "I thought you were dead." I'm like, "Who? Why? Why did you think <laughs> she was dead?" And then he finally makes it to the city, and Iron Man has stopped Rhino. And I'm like, "What? What was the point of this issue?" <laughs> <laughs> but that was the first book I ever bought from the shop, brand new, and that's what started yeah. my brand new collection. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Ryan, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your uh, weekday to just sit down and oh. talk about your history and your favorite book. Yeah, of course. Anytime, anytime. Thanks. Um, whatever you want to plug here, you want to plug more of the shop if you want to plug Leanne's art, if you want to just plug your Twitter account, anything, just go right ahead. Uh, yeah, so I, I own a comic book store, Comics Conspiracy in Sunnyvale, California, uh, comicsconspiracy.biz, B-I-Z, that's our website. Uh, if you want to check out some stuff, we do lots of mail order. 
Um, yeah, my wife, Leanne, she, uh, she's an art teacher and she does a lot of fan art and then commissions and other art stuff. Uh, LeanneHill.com. You can see all her art on there. She has an Etsy shop as well. You can buy stuff from. And uh, yeah, we do a, the Comic Conspiracy podcast every week where we talk, you know, a lot of retailer stuff. I get, it's all WandaVision at this point. Like, that's all I talk about is WandaVision these days and my terrible opinions and my terrible fan theories that are always wrong. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, we, we record that normally every Tuesday night. Uh, and and, and I mean, yeah, at this point, we've been doing it, God, I almost, I think almost 10 years now. Yeah, I think you guys are close to 10 years. At this yeah, point. Oh, yeah, it's pretty Third, close. Um, 2011. Yeah, which, yeah, which is like, oh crazy crazy it's been that long but uh yeah yeah no um yeah, it was great it was great it was great uh i was, I was about to say it was great having you on i'm so used to being on the other side of this conversation uh, it was great it was great being on thank you very much yeah of course and honestly ryan i did think the beekeeper was an aim costume too I right like, right i feel like they wasted <laughs> aim's potential on that show, so. <laughs> i'm telling you that's what i thought that's yeah. what everyone thought um, you can find this show on Twitter at Comics Matter Pod, uh, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Comics Matter. You can email me at Comics Matter at gmail.com. And if you have any questions for future guests, want to be a guest, or have a story you want to read on the show, you can reach me at all of those. Uh, please leave a review if you like the show and tell a friend about it. And lastly, the logo was done by my friend Steven. The theme is Join the Restaurant by David Zetsi. And remember, as always, Captain America Punch Nazis. <laughs>